0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. Here
1: we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is it.
2: This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson.
1: I'm Sam Delaney.
2: And welcome to Monday morning when we're recording this. We're doing this remotely from our homes again, aren't we, Sam? Yep.
1: Yeah, feels good.
2: Let's not um let's not lie to the people and, and pretend that we're in the same room together. We do exist in the same room together sometimes, but just not today. For
1: Friday night we reasons. were very much in the same room together. Oh my god, weren't we? What a what a scene that was. Thank you to all of you who turned up to see our live show at the Guardian Podfest. Is that what that event was called? L- London Podcast London Festival London Podcast it was. Festival. Um, thanks
2: for laughing as well, if you laughed. Yeah,
1: it was great. Um, and for those of you who didn't manage to make it, fuck you. Yeah. If you can't be bothered turning up when we make the effort, and he comes all the way down from Sunderland to do it. Yeah, exactly. Then... Don't sit on your fat ass listening to us wherever you are now, on a tube train, um, out on your silly jog, uh, whatever wherever it is you're not putting jam, making fucking jam. Just switch Illicit off,
2: masturbation.
1: Switch off and listen to one of those, listen to one of those ones where they talk about tactics instead, because you don't deserve us.
2: Fucking heat maps. If you yeah. put a, a put a compass and you put the pin. In the centre of London and then draw a circle outwards with Sunderland as the outermost point of that circle. Mm. If you live within that fucking circle and you didn't come on Friday night, shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you.
1: And that, But you expect to sit here now listening to us.
2: Oh, this, yeah, sitting there with your free content.
1: Yeah. On your you bus. Care. Yeah, on your silly bus, looking out the winner, chuckling away. Us livening up your miserable morning. For free. And what, do, what do we get in return? Fuck sweet, all. Sweet fuck all. So right. That's I've got that off my chest now.
2: The uh, the Nations League, as it's called, I think oh it's called God. that anywhere. That started at the weekend. Are you enthused by the Nations League?
1: I don't know what it is. I suppose I could have found out, but I keep hearing people on the radio and stuff going. So, what do you think of the Nations League? Do you think it's good? And everyone going, Nah, it's <laughs> shit. And then I being, I don't even know what it is, but I'm assuming it's shit. <laughs> I I think in life. Take the attitude that anything new is shit until it proves <laughs> you otherwise. The obligation is on the thing, not on you yeah, to find exactly. out. The obligation is on that thing to prove to me that it's worthy of my time. We live in a an era where, where there are so many different demands upon our attention, Andy, that yeah. if you're a new thing coming out, you need to get in my face and prove to me. And I don't know what the Nations League is. It sounds like awful, but I'm willing if it proves. But I'm not going to go and do the legwork. Uh, Like, for instance, I could have watched England Spain. Maybe that would have taught me a bit more. But fuck that. I'm not watching an England (laughs) friendly. Why should I? (laughs) Oh, so you didn't watch it? Of course I fucking didn't watch it. Oh, Jesus. Come on, mate. I know what happened in it.
2: It's a football podcast, right? And this is International Weekend, and there's there's so little football.
1: Do you need me to talk about League One for 20 minutes? Mate, listen. I'm keeping it real, right? You're the one who's less into England than me. We both got into England despite ourselves over the summer. Because that, that, yeah. what did they do? They came and proved it to us. They they stopped us. They they wouldn't allow us to um, ignore them because well, it got exciting. But in England, you were the one going into the World Cup, so you wouldn't even watch qualifiers, competitive games of England. Yeah, that's true. Now I, you're wh- watching something in the Nations League. Neither of us know what that is. I'm keeping it real.
2: Well, you're a sellout. Really like I just wanted to give it a chance I wanted to see what it was I mean you know if someone came up with an app that told me where the nearest um public toilet was and how good the hand dryers were in it mm. i'd be I'd, I'd give that a chance yeah and this this is a similar thing uh, do you remember oh God, when Airblades
1: came out and me and my mate we were so yeah. excited the first time we experienced together it together which was great we were both in the same toilet together and we right. experienced and we I mean, it blew our mind. We were on a night out, but it was all we could talk about. Mm. And we were even researching. Like, for his birthday, I wanted to research as a surprise if I could get one installed in his home bathroom as a surprise treat. But, I mean, it it was prohibitively expensive. I'd spend... Maximum I've ever spent on him on a birthday would be, like, 60 quid. And (laughs) that's when I was... That was like when I really, you know, add a few quid in the bank. Yeah. Um, so there was no way I could do it. But at the time, we thought it was everything. Now I'm not that impressed by it.
2: No, I'm not. I'm sick of it. There's, there's far better ones in the in the traditional style that's just right. got a lot a better a better gust.
1: Listen um, to this, yeah, because the the, the, the blade can um, blow toxic water, right, from germ ridden water from your hands up up your wrist and forearm. <laughs> oh, you won't see, you won't see a do- you won't see a doctor using an air blade. They consider them to be unhygienic.
2: Yeah, a, a death uh, sentence.
1: The best the best hand dryer I've ever experienced. Right, I mm. happen to be in the London HQ of Ridley Scott Associates, right? Fucking hell. These are up. Ridley Scott's offices that he opened in the 1960s when he was first a commercials director and they've been in the same spot ever since and obviously over the years they've grown and grown. And that's where all his ads and all the other people who work for him were. And I was in John these offices. was in, Yeah, the lot. And I was in his offices, <laughs> right? He's got Laser Quest on the top floor, his own private Laser Quest. Fucking hell. That, o- that only, he he plays it against himself. Anyway, I was Pointless. in the bathrooms there, right? And it's just an office. It's not that, it's not, I mean, it's fancy-ish, but it's not as fancy as you'd imagine. It's just some offices in Soho. But the hand dryer, Andy, was unbelievable. I put my hand under it. I thought my hands were going to get blown straight off the wrist. Like, Fucking I thought hell. I thought it was going to detach my hand. It was like, it was how you'd imagine NASA would have them. And I came out and I said, that is the best hand dryer I've ever experienced in my life. And I don't recognize the brand. I have never seen anything like that for elsewhere it only exists here. And yeah. my brother, who works in those offices, shrugged and went, "Yeah, well, that's Ridley." And I was <laughs> and I was left to believe that Ridley Scott who famously does you know like on a Ridley Scott film, he does everything. He'll like yeah. he'll be the cameraman, he'll be the set designer because he can do every single creative task on a yeah. set better than anyone else. So he often just gets and I thought He's fucking designed his own hand dryer. He's he been around. He's stuck his hands in the hand blade and all the other famous ones, and he's thought, these are all shit. I can do better. So he sat yeah. down with a pen and paper, the same one he created Alien with, yeah. and, he's, um, and he's designed and built his own hand dryers, and only three of them exist in the world, and they're all in his own office in London.
2: Look, I mean, if you can, if you can utilise a multi-million pound budget and make some of the most you know thrilling films ever produced... Mm. Surely you can put together, you know, a hand dryer for your office. That's,
1: yeah, that's child's play. He'd do, to him. He'd
2: do it in his fucking dinner hour.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then, and,
2: and then offer a game of Laser Quest with himself afterwards. <laughs>
1: yeah, to celebrate that God. day's achievement. We all need so, to be
2: more Ridley, don't we?
1: We do. Yeah, I I will try next time you're in London, mate. I will try to contrive a reason. For us right. both to go in there together, so yeah. you can experience what I'm talking about. Yeah, please do that. And we could, we could try and we could try and do a bit of podcasting. For yeah, we'll like smuggle, a, we'll smuggle a microphone in. We are, <laughs> we are live from yeah. the toilets of Ridley Scott Associates in London. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Andy is about to experience the most exhilarating hand drying of his entire life. <laughs> are you nervous, Andy? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, pretty nervous.
2: Move the microphone six feet away from the hand dryer. (laughs) Yeah. All right, we'll do that then. So, um,
1: so England, Spain, yeah. So you were saying there was a thing, England,
2: Spain. The the most um, notable thing about it for me was Harry Kane's golden boots. Yeah. Which I thought was a a, a ludicrous thing for him to do.
1: Um, I don't think I don't think he could help it. What was it? Was it beyond his control? Was it? Yeah. I get the impression that Nike, Nike were involved and they did a deal and they said, right, he's got the golden... Whoever gets the golden boot has to then wear these golden boots like oh, he was fucking like Cinderella. And you know what Harry's like? He'd be like, oh, yeah, fine, yeah, I'll go along with that. Did but I then, sign
2: up for that? Did I? Did did all I, right, then. Yeah,
1: the agent says I have to wear him, so fair enough. I mean, Thank I'm not being know. mean about Harry Kane. What I'm saying is he's just a nice, simple lad. He's not going to kick up a fuss about stuff.
2: He's a bit gullible.
1: It's not like... You know, Gary Neville, who would never have won the golden boot. But True. if Gary Neville had been asked to wear some golden boots, he would have gone, Hang, on, on, where's it say that? Show me my contract. This is bollocks. <laughs> I don't agree with this. Show me my contract. I'm getting my liar on the phone. This is ridiculous. Because he's what they call in the game busy, isn't he? He's a busy bastard. Yeah. yeah. Oh
2: where's me where's my agent? Oh, I'm my own agent. Oh, yeah. where's my lawyer? Oh I'm my, my, my own agent lawyer as well. Like
1: this. Gary Neville's agent doesn't like this, and nor does Gary Neville. <laughs>
2: but I thought Harry Kane could maybe have um, enhanced the boots a little bit. Yeah, maybe stuck some wings on the side of them, somewhere like that. Oh, do yeah. you remember? Um, do you remember the Thunder Road scene in Greece, where the two cars race each other?
1: Yes, very much so. And
2: and the bad the bad guy's car. Uh,
1: Craterface. face. Craterface,
2: Crater face. Yeah, mm. it's got um, like serrated blades that come out of the wheels. Yes. That was one how of the did, most terrifying things I'd ever seen when I was, like, six. Kreater Face that. was
1: like Ridley Scott. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how did Craterface do that? Because that's sort of shit you see in James Bond, but that's because Q makes these things, and he's, like, in a big laboratory funded yeah. by the British government, is in the basement of the intelligence <laughs> services, and he's got, like, a ton of scientists in white coats working on all this shit. Yeah. But where's are meant to believe a juvenile delinquent. In fact, not even juvenile. The thing about
2: 20, cra- a, a twenty-eight-year-old base- teenager.
1: <laughs> yeah, creator looked older than twenty-eight. He was just one of these guys who <laughs> carried on hanging around with teenagers way into middle age, and we're oh, expected God. to believe that this bloke who just basically hung around bullying people at drive-throughs and drinking was yeah. also able to modify a car to the standards. Of the very best of British intelligence. <laughs> I don't know. If he did, then he should have been doing more of his life than just challenging John Travolta to car races.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably got his own laser quest as well.
1: Yeah. But um, yeah, but I can imagine boots going that way, Andy. I can I imagine. Hope so. that, I mean, they've only. Where can they go? They've done all the colours, haven't they? They've now done all the colours boots. of the rainbow and beyond. There's, yeah. there's, they're um, going to start having other modifications, aren't they?
2: Well, I'm not. I'm not going to be satisfied fully until uh, football is played by robots,
1: mm.
2: and I think it's probably about twenty years away. Because um, and then then they can add features like that to robots, and it'll make football a lot better.
1: You can actually so, Google. I mean, you've probably seen it. There are robots who play football, but they're yeah, shit. Yeah, it's they're quite really rudimentary. Shit. They're it's, really it's,
2: shit. Yeah, it's in the early days. This, this is it. <laughs> that kind of brings me on to another story that I, I saw the other day. Uh, Belarus have unveiled a new mascot mm. did you see this yeah it's just some enormous fucking mechanoid thing Yeah. and it's got wings as well
1: well so that, that It's pretty scary King's for boots. kids I mean my kids they quite like the mascots when they come out it's a little highlight when you take your young kids isn't it they get quite into it yeah but um, this seems I, like
2: a transformer
1: they've got we've got two we've got Bubbles the bear who's quite yeah. sort of benign really but then we've got um, the—I uh, think he's called Herbie the Hammer—and he is—he used to be benign himself. He was shaped like a hammer, but a non-aggressive hammer, soft and cuddly with a smiley face. And then a couple of years ago, like everything, they made him <laughs> extremely muscular. You know, it sort of conformed to a like—you know—he lo- he became a bit like an anime character, slightly homoerotic, if anything. Do you know what I mean? Like really, like he yeah. had a six-pack, broad shoulders.
2: Did they lo- did they, pit, he, pit, did they pit a frown on his face?
1: Yeah, he was intimidatingly masculine, <laughs> and the kids found it scary. It's like, why did you have to go like that? Why does he? Why does everyone have to have a six-pack? I found it. I found it like intimidating and emasculating myself as a father. Yeah. And the kids thought, "What's this fucking giant angry hammer?" with huge <laughs> rippling muscles doing running around by the side of the pitch frowning at all of us I'm terrified let's go
2: that sounds like the work of David Sullivan
1: I know exactly I mean you know up at your place a black cat No, everyone loves a black cat don't yeah, they yeah of course you can't really surprising. make a black cat scary unless you made it like a an aggressive panther
2: yeah he could do that yeah that would be good David Sullivan's probably inside that hammer you know
1: <laughs> I know yeah And then who's inside Bubbles the Bear? David Gold, because he's the nicer of the two.
2: Yeah, good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Yeah, Ridley Scott's got his fucking laser quest and uh, David Sullivan's got his hammer costume.
1: Yeah, Right, get me the hammer costume. It's time to go out and frighten the kids. (laughs) (laughs) I've got just enough time before kick-off to go and scare all those little shits who paid their money (laughs) to come into my shithole stadium.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not be able to see anything.
1: <laughs> four miles away well, from fucking pitch. I'll tell you this much: they're going to fucking see me right now because I am going to get right up close, <laughs> right scare, up in their grills, scare the fucking bejesus out of them. I am looking <laughs> ah. at this Belarus mascot, and yep. he is yeah, he's pretty scary. He's a he's a lot like a transformer, really, isn't he?
2: Yeah, definitely. Is he carrying some kind of um, weapon?
1: He's or is it got. A flag? A, I think it's a flag. He's got a uh, oh. Yeah, he's he's more intimidating than Herbie the Hammer. Oh, no, it's a sword, apparently. Oh, it's, it's a, a massive red sword. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> he's got hell.
1: wings, and I just think that nowadays everything's gone over the top. Like, Herbie the Hammer having a six-pack and this fucking massive sword-wielding mascot. The whole point was the mascots were supposed to be something that were quite gentle, really.
2: Yeah. Do you remember World Cup Willie? Yeah, exactly. we We've come a long way from that, haven't a we? A
1: gentle lion, a gentle, friendly yeah. lion who just wanted to play.
2: <laughs> East End gentleman lion.
1: Yeah, and now I don't know. Everything, everything has to be like violent and aggressive and nasty. And because
2: everyone's just trying to outdo each other all the
1: time. Yeah, why can't it's we stupid. Just, just why can't we just be? If,
2: why can't we just have some more mindfulness?
1: If you if you want to be if you want to get attention nowadays you would be better off doing the opposite of that because it would stand out more. So if you were going to do a new mascot today, make it something like a chinchilla or a little hamster or a puppy or something like that, and people are going to notice it more because cute things, nice things, are out of fashion.
2: Just maybe a cloud of um, light purple gas. Lovely. With the top hat on. Yeah, Wouldn't
1: that
2: be a nice mascot?
1: Yeah, posh gas.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> posh that's what gas. you'd call it. It's Mr. Posh Gas, <laughs> and it comes out the tunnel and starts drifting around the perimeter of the st- of the pitch. Who is it's it? Mr. Posh Gas.
2: It's Peterborough. that's the posh, isn't it? That's their Mr. yeah. He is
1: Mr. Posh, and you can we look need him to get up. Get in
2: touch with Peterborough.
1: He and is pimp this
2: he, gas idea to them.
1: Yeah, but they'll never. He, he is the best mascot in the league, Mr. Posh. Mr. <laughs> He is because it's just like anyway where do you rank him amongst the other famous posh people in uh, in culture cuz you got Mr Peanut who um yeah. is the mascot of that from peanut planters. brand planters yeah. then you got the uh, what's is he called Mr Pennybags the one R- from, monopoly. R- pennybags
2: from Monopoly rich uncle pennybags from monopoly he he is by far away my favorite posh then, person but
1: then you have got Scrooge McDuck
2: yeah, although he's, he's a, bit, a
1: bit more nouveau riche, isn't he?
2: Yeah, and he's a bit showy as well. He's a bit brash.
1: Yeah, because he's nouveau riche. That's why. Yeah, and, I prefer Richard um, Uncle Pennybags. Yeah, and then I'm I'm sure we're missing some other rich come out. Nah, I think that I think Richard Uncle Pennybags is the main one. But Mister Posh is up there. Last year for Halloween, m- um, my son Len, I said what we what we're we gonna dress up, what are you gonna dress up as, and he said probably a posh old man, and I went what. <laughs> what's that going to do Halloween? And he just looks straight through me. You know, when you question a kid on their weird ideas, and like, they just, they're just they like, I'm not even to dignify that with an answer. It should be obvious to you. So I said, you want to be a posh old man? And he went, yeah. And I went, that actually does sound awesome. And he goes, well, why don't you be a posh old man as well? So we <laughs> looked it, it up on Amazon and we found a posh old man costume. It yeah. was an Edwardian, a posh old man costume. So, Um, We got a top hat and a sort of an Edwardian jacket, you know, like Amazon. Was there a monocle? Cheap. No, separately, I bought a monocle, two plastic monocles, two plastic curly moustaches like those worn by posh old men. And, uh, yeah, I'll send you the picture later. That was what we were for Halloween. We went out trick-or-treating as a pair of posh old men, and we even did the voices. And um, my son said to me, teach me some things that a posh old man would say he <laughs> wants to get in character. And I said, by Jove is a good one. So you get get, get, get clasping his monocle going, by Jove. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Do you think,
2: Sam, that if we were to do another live podcast show, it would be enhanced and ergo we would sell more tickets if we were dressed as posh old men?
1: Yeah. And then we'd have so? to think of a new song. Yeah, well,
2: let's not think about that right now because that could need a bit of thought. Are you? Do you still have your costume?
1: Yeah, I've still got it, and I've got you. You could wear my son's one because I think (laughs) I had to get him adult size anyway. (laughs) What? Well, I don't know. It was too big for him. I don't know if it was full adult size, but to be honest, there weren't many. There didn't seem to be a huge market for six-year-old posh old men costumes, (laughs) so I had to take what I could get. I don't think it's like in the top five Halloween costumes for six-year-old <laughs> boys.
2: <laughs> well, that's something we could start. We could start ourselves. We could launch that as a product. Yeah, as a sideline.
1: All right, so we are either sure going to be posh old men, or if we can handle it, we are going to be Mr. Posh Gas. But we probably yeah. can't dress as gas. But we might oh, release Mr. Posh Gas into the audience. Yes. Don't and worry. Deep- it won't be. Po- it won't be poisonous.
2: And and we'll do 50 minutes of songs and just 10 minutes chat about football this time because I think the song was the best bit on Friday night.
1: We'll do Diamond Lights by Waddle and Hoddle, but in posh voices. <laughs> <laughs> Darling, I love you. Something like that. <laughs> I'll never leave you. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds quite like yeah. Morrissey in a way. That's a deal. If you we'll made do Diamond that. Lights, if you sung Diamond Lights in a different voice, it basically sounds like a Smith song. Hmm. Love
2: well, we'll, find I out. Love you. Yeah. we'll find out, won't we? Tickets go on sale on Monday. Venue <laughs> has yet to be decided.
0: <laughs> Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com
2: jalapeño
1: what else has been up running in football this week well what about no. the? P- i cannot wait for the peter crouch book to come out andy it's out already i think well, in that case, my waiting is over. <laughs> I will download it this very morning to my yeah. iPad. Because he's yeah. a funny lad, isn't he? So He
2: is. He's. I'd love to hang out with Peter Crouch. Yeah. He seems like a decent fella. He's got a sense of humour. Um, he'd probably start getting your tits a little bit try, with the wise cracks, I think, after a while.
1: Well, you don't Trying think he'll too keep... Hard. Well, he keeps doing them all the time.
2: He, I think he would get, always try to drop in a quip. I think he considers right, himself give, the Oscar Wilde of football. then
1: give you a little wink sort of yeah. thing. So you, you get it, don't you? Don't you, Andy? Yeah. yeah. You're a comedy man like me, Andy.
2: Yeah, you know you know where the laughs are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but did you read the Roy Keane excerpt?
1: I did. Um, For a which was particularly to... funny to me because I've been, as you know, I've been reading Roy Keane's memoir, the second, yeah. vo- the second volume where he's at, Your Beloved Sunderland, and it, it, it really fits in with all of the things Roy Keane <laughs> writes about himself. This Peter Crouch anecdote really fits in with it. But anyway, tell us what it was.
2: For anyone that hasn't read it or seen it, uh, Crouch is is he's at Liverpool and he's really buying into the whole uh, rich footballer thing. He's got an Aston Martin, he's wearing his sunglasses on top of his head and he's, he's at a set of traffic lights in Manchester, he's got some speed garage playing or something, top volume. Yeah. And he um, he's at the red light and he looks across to his left, and in the car next to him is Roy Keane. Yeah. And he kind of uh, winks at Keane and does the finger guns sort of thing, and sort yeah. of like you know, hey, we're both the same. And Little click.
1: Just, pow, pow. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And Keane just looks at him and just slowly shakes his head, and then just starts staring ahead in front of him, just fucking ignoring Crouch.
1: Quite right <laughs> as well. And Crouch says. It cut him to the It Said it took just one look from Roy Keane to yeah. make me realise what a twat I had become. Yeah. and he and he said he sold the Aston Martin that week as a result yeah. of one withering look from Roy Keane. And it reminded me of one particular anecdote in this book, which I think fits into the same thing. But this is the same sort of thing, but from Keane's perspective. Right, he's at Sunderland and he's struggling for new, bring new players in. He needs a defensive midfielder, right? So he says. I rang Mark Hughes at Blackburn about Robbie Savage. Robbie wasn't in the Blackburn team, and I asked Mark if we could try to do a deal. Sparky said, yeah, yeah, he's just lost his way here, but he could still do a job for you. Robbie's legs were going a bit, but I thought he might come up to us with his long hair and give us a lift, the way Dwight York had, a big personality in the dressing room. I'm now going to switch into my Roy Keane impression because it'll Whoa. make it better. Sparky gave me permission to give him a call, so I got Robbie's mobile number and rang him. It went to his voicemail. Hi, it's Robbie. What's up? Like the Budweiser ad. I never called him back. I thought, I can't be fucking signing that. (laughs) (laughs) So he's hell bent on signing Robbie Savage, calls him, and because he doesn't like his voicemail message, he gives up on the whole fucking thing. (laughs) And you can't argue with that at all, can you? Quite right. Well, in the end, I think, you know... He has a bad time in Ipswich, and I think ultimately Roy Keane was not... He realises he wasn't made for these times. Yeah. He he realises that. He goes, I wasn't... You know, he can't... When, when, if you find that sort of thing so intensely annoying, which he's perfectly justified in doing, yeah. and, he, and he can't just turn a blind eye to it and think, you know, whatever, this is just the way kids behave nowadays. If it's going to get you that badly, then you've got to realise that in the end, there's no avoiding it because in football, it goes with the territory. And totally. so, you, so you've just got... So he accepted, I cannot be a manager because I can't relate to these players. and I, can't I just deal feel, with these people. I feel too much disdain for them. And so he sort of acknowledged that, and then you have got other old school managers. I mean, you know, do you think the likes of Steve Bruce or Harry Redknapp or, you know, any of these old time guys have time for that sort of stuff? They don't, but they they manage to just ignore it and get yeah, on with it. They realise it's R- part of the Roy culture Keane and they just, deal just with it. Just admitted he's had a conversation with himself, probably yeah. literally, yeah, and said, you know, I just can't deal with this. I can't deal with. To be fair, WhatsApp. Even when this story happens, it still must have been at least ten, fifteen years after the WhatsApp.
2: Yeah, exactly. But that's that's the worst of it. That's probably what fucked them off the most. Yeah, that it wasn't like, even the topical in
1: your stupid cultural references.
2: You know, there's there's lots of places I'd like to go to on holiday. You know, I'm thinking Barbados, uh, maybe it's Australia, the Gold Coast, somewhere like that. But more than anywhere else, I'd love to spend a week inside Roy Kane's mind.
1: Yeah, well, the closest that. you can get is reading this book. And it's well worth it.
2: Yeah, but the closest you can get, but I bet that's just scratching the surface. I bet yeah, there's stuff oh, yeah. going on in there that would never make it into the pages of a book.
1: Yeah. Was it you who said that they should put Roy Keane and Graeme Souness on the same show together?
2: No, it wasn't me, but it's a good but idea.
1: It would be great, because Souness is getting madder and madder, mm. right? And Keane has sort of been consistently at a level of insanity that we've all enjoyed for many years, but they're never put in the same room because Keane generally does ITV, I think, and of course as is contracted Sooners to sky. sky. But a show just them talking about anything really, life. Yeah, just life. Sat opposite each other, maybe going through the papers, talking about <laughs> hand dryers, whatever. It'd be great. Like, have you been watching? Have you been watching that show? Have you been watching that show, Graham? The Bodyguard. It's got that Keely horse in it. Everyone's talking about it. And he'd be like, no, I haven't. I haven't seen that. Of course I fucking haven't. I don't own a television, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> fucking television. Have you seen the shape they put on there? Last time I owned the television, I switch on, and it's Bruce Forsyth asking people to remember a series of fucking items on a conveyor belt. <laughs> Right, and he's coming out with all these dark fucking catchphrases. I thought, no way. I smashed I my fucking, TV up that I, night. I smashed it with my foot and I threw it in a skip the next morning. That I've was 19, That was 1978 and I have not returned since. <laughs> is Brucey <laughs> still doing that shit? I don't fucking know. I don't know whether Brucey's alive or dead and nor do I fucking care.
2: <laughs> and incidentally, there's some footage emerged today from Snapchat apparently of a footballer smashing his own flat up. Really? Um, I, I can't remember who it was or um, what club he played. Or so it might be Peterborough. But um, <laughs> it, it's just, I just saw it on Mirror Football before we started doing this. And there's footage of him smashing his flat up. And no one knows why. He's got a smile yeah. on his face, but that doesn't mean he's not troubled while he's doing it.
1: I it knew could a be... bloke once who did that at his own house parties. Like, everyone would get Smashed out it up. of it, And he, he ran in the room of a golf club and shouted, let's smash the place up. And started smashing <laughs> it up. And someone had to calm down. So it's your fucking place, you idiot. But he'd, he'd gone too far by them.
2: Fucking
1: hell! So maybe that was it. Maybe it's just over exuberance, or he's Host, depressed.
2: Hosting a party can be quite high pressure thing, though, can't it? Oh, People it can, react in
1: different it ways. Send you mad, yeah.
2: Um, I think that's pretty much about it, Sam. For this, yeah, yeah. All movie. we can
1: do now is look at did Sunderland play this week?
2: Yeah, we drew one one again. We drew with Fleetwood. Joey Barton came into town like the pantomime devil that he is, mm. and. Um, wound people up a bit but um the the big thing at Sunderland is we've got two players who don't want to play for us anymore Pappy Gillibodgie and mm-hmm. um Didier and Dong and right. they just haven't well we're in League 1 and I think they're above that what,
1: so they just pair didn't pricks they just didn't come back pre-season training right <laughs> they like, the, fuck the, that there's, there's your, the whole, it's their fault that's what they don't understand yeah, exactly. it's like, oh no Oh, we look down our nose. and that but, but that's the level you need to be at because you haven't played well enough for the other it's levels. It's
2: cunts like you that's got us in this yeah. shit. But, um, yeah, they've been trying to find a new club and the transfer windows are closed now. So they haven't got new clubs and they haven't bothered coming back to the t- training or anything. So we haven't been paying them. I don't mm. know how we're supposed to sell them because they're basically technically not even footballers anymore. Yeah. They're just a couple of fellas who are going around. I mean, Didier and Dong posted a picture on Instagram last week of him himself by a swimming pool somewhere somewhere hot with blue skies
1: so he's, so he's just like a international
2: playboy now he's not even a footballer there's like no the fact, transfer and he's, value does on him he still
1: expect to be paid he's in no, breach I don't think of they contract do. they don't have to pay him do they no
2: we, we haven't been paying them since July but I don't think they're asked because they've got so much money in the bank from previous seasons they're not bothered they're, they're both doing a fucking gap year or something
1: imagine Roy Keane and Graham Soonis getting older those two
2: imagine if Roy Keane was still a Sunland manager he would oh track my. them down be with some there. kind of GPS device that he'd have had put under their skin so he could track their movements at all times. He'd find them wherever yep. they were in the world. Mm. He'd just give them one massive fucking punch in the back of the head and then just fuck <laughs> off.
1: He'd drag them back.
2: He wouldn't. He'd just and one punch in the back of the head. And then that's it. And then just say nothing and, and go. Imagine
1: him writing about that in the next volume of his book. It'd be great. There he was sat in the sound <laughs> lounger at the fucking Ritz Carlton in fucking Koh Samui. I knew it. I knew it was him the moment I saw him. It was sweltering. It was 38 degrees, but I was dressed in, in my tracksuit jumper and boots <laughs> and shin pads, which I had traveled all the way from fucking corking. People say to me, Roy, you're on holiday. Why don't you put on shorts and flip flops? I say to them, fucking grow up. <laughs> I watched straight I'm always across prepared before he knew what the hell was happening bang I'd smacked him right on the back of the head he was lying unconscious on the floor I turned round, went straight back to the airport I'd kept the taxi waiting he didn't see me coming he didn't
2: see me leave but he knew it was me
1: yeah I think we could have an idea for a TV show just called Keen and Souness. I think we might have very much Where they so. seek out anyone who is guilty of being lazy, feckless, mm. greedy, arrogant or vain. And it could be in any walk of life, not just football. Yeah. And they they seek them out. They get First of all, they're briefed about it by me and you. And we get them really angry by yeah. just telling them about these individuals. We put photos on the desks of them in front of them in an empty, like, interrogation room, and we wait till they get absolutely furious, and then they just go off together as a double doublet, yeah. hunt these people down, and just beat them. Just
2: one punch <laughs> back of the head.
1: Yeah, and then the show ends. At the end of the beating, we don't learn anything. There's no lessons learned. The titles, they walk away, <laughs> and as they walk away, it goes to slow-mo, and we play the theme tune to Crown Court. <laughs>
2: I think we'll have that as the outro for this podcast. For this
1: podcast, yeah. Just in case yeah. people don't know. Uh, yeah. By the way, I happen to know the, ti- the title of that track is "Distant Fields."
2: Oh, fucking it was hell.
1: written specifically for it because it was supposed to be what if you're when you're a prisoner once you're sent down, which they occasionally were at the end of yeah. Crown Court. That's what you saw out your window. You looked out your little window and saw distant, distant fields. fields. It made you think of a different life. Yeah, sad, fucking isn't it?
2: Hell. Is a bit. Well we'll we'll end on that and we'll play out with that and then I'm gonna spend the rest of the day watching Crown Court episodes on YouTube. No, <laughs>
1: don't mate, I'll really get you down.
2: Including the slightly weird, um humour filled Christmas special that's got loads of star <laughs> guests in it. Have a look for <laughs> that.
1: Quite a lot of famous people before they were famous in Crown yeah. Court, isn't there? Yeah. I'll have a look for it.
2: Alright, so that's it from us. Uh sorry there wasn't much football in it, but there hasn't been much football played, so you know, what can you do? Um, yeah. we'll be back later in the week hopefully with another uh, episode from the Premier League's history
1: yeah tada! thank you bye yeah, bye bye